1: What happens when a country witch crosses paths with a city witch? We did too. Welcome to This Old Witch, an organic podcast radio show that brings together two different perspectives of two different witches from two different environments via the magic of technology. Almost missed my cue there for a minute. <laughs> How, so, how are you?
2: Live from New York. <laughs>
3: it's Saturday night. Look at that. <laughs> this is from the previous show last Saturday. I don't know if you guys can see it.
1: Very cool, Mr. Elon Musk, who's launching our Elon rocket Musk? today. Oh, he is. Yes, he is. Actually, <laughs> I, I think I think it was seven o'clock. I, it was originally six thirty, and now I think believe it's seven o'clock. Okay, uh, so cool. Yes.
3: So I have to say the show was sensational. It was a great, at first I was like hesitant. I was like, okay, Saturday Night Light. But you know, it's it's a New York institution. It's a staple of New York of, of going and experiencing it. And it's hard to get in. I didn't know that you have to win a lotto.
1: See, that, that that's crazy. That's I mean, I went in uh, probably mid nineties. I think it was around in the mid nineties I went. Um, of course, the music artists, that was playing was nobody i wanted to see but it was good it was a fun time it's, it, it was a lot of fun
3: <laughs> no but yes and and uh what what's her name miley cyrus oh my god what a pair of pipes
1: uh, oh yeah is... no she can sing she can wow sing.
3: Yeah. she was so talented yeah. loved her
1: that's cool and, and of to...
3: course uh uh, Elon Musk is so genuinely funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved it. It was a great experience, and and I I recommend it to anyone. You know, just going into the NBC building is, is phenomenal.
1: Did they have that that cool bar open? Up, uh, no, no. no. Uh,
3: but it's an it, it is amazing how, as a, a spectator, as a guest, and you have the ticket. It's all in groups, and why they were I guess that. Particular uh, weekend, they were honoring not only Mother's Day, but they were honoring healthcare uh, providers, healthcare frontliners. So, so that's how she got the ticket, and and she was able to invite me, and and so it was a group of uh, of uh, you know people by I think seven to twelve, and they're seated uh, on the upper mezzanine, and then and then the lower part facing the show. It's about oh, it's it's five, maybe ten people.
2: Oh,
1: okay, okay. All right.
3: So, yeah, it was it was uh, interesting how they they they're really organized in that time.
2: Uh, yeah, of the, yeah. Well, they have to be. They they're so organized,
3: bringing all yeah. those uh, backdrops.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: together yeah. and, and uh, all again. we have we go live and all we have to worry about is making sure our sound is good yeah. <laughs> as long as that my watch, my whiskey there you know, let the candles on. i yeah, did not, not have time to stop so yeah i have my coffee i have my coffee to keep me awake oh, so let's awake. yeah so a couple people in the chat already so I'll, one of our guests in a month actually it's a while away uh, Miss Aida is, is listening from in Detroit, from Detroit. Uh, my mom of course hello um, we have Kathy she, Kathy has been one of our main listeners so hello there Kathy she's from Missouri she's actually from Missouri and Janet from Columbus Ohio and yeah we know you're in Detroit okay <laughs> So we we have an interesting thing today because, with this old witch, we have now broke time barriers.
3: Well, you tell me because you're you're in the front line <laughs> of all that. Well, no, I don't I, not have even. about numbers or our...
2: what's
3: going on. <laughs> the other day, I just found out there was there was some advertisement going on. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, because our guest tonight is in australia and we're still live and we, we're breaking time barriers because it is actually sunday there and yes, i believe that's right. it's 8 30 in the morning there 8 30 in the morning
3: Thursday in australia yes
1: and it is saturday at seven o'clock here so we're breaking time barriers we've done it all <laughs> that is
3: so cool to have this uh wonderful author and practitioner all the way from uh australia
1: yes yes yeah to you. well thank you now <laughs> well I, I i'll read the bio because you know me the ambassador of yeah, the other, yeah. see country. see um uh, no um this whole which is we've reached um many countries i mean we, we're in india where uh, it, it changes, of course. We, we've had Russia, India, Nepal. Um, you know, obviously, we have listeners in Australia. Um, I, I don't even remember where else we've we've really gone completely around the world. Well, of course, the UK. You know, we've had a lot of our our guests have been from the UK. Um, yeah, but I mean, we've gone. Oh, Japan. Yeah. South America. So, South America. Yeah, we. We've hit world. So, you know, but now we broke the time barriers because normally if we do UK, we record it because of the time difference. We do
3: Because of the time difference right. uh, for them. So to to be um, honorable for them, we do record the shows uh, where we do have a show that is recorded from Scotland.
1: Yes. Won't yes. That out
3: yet? Yes. But we're happy to say that's going to be yes a, a great uh, presenter, um, and he's uh, he did an exclusive contribution to my book. Yes, that's coming up soon.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. I have to finish editing that. It, I, it's in the, on the back burner. Um, Maybe August. In in, in in my in my files somewhere. It's it's, <laughs> it's hiding uh, amongst all the other ones, but. Let me... You know, me and my papers. Um, So, Francis Billinghurst, who is our guest tonight, is an initiated witch, magical practitioner and priestess, who has been exploring the occult for over half her lifetime. Hailing from south of the equator, Australia, uh, her approach is somewhat old school and hands-on, which we love on this old witch. Um, as As such, she is... Begrud- I hate this word, begrudgingly adapting to modern technology and can often be found muttering to herself. So we got her on here, and she won't be muttering to herself. And, and she, you know, she's live. So uh, she, can't be, she can't be that against modern technology. And she's, she did Witchfest uh, with us. Uh, hey, uh, Witchcon, up. I'm sorry, Witchcon. Um, yep, yeah. yeah. um, I, I have Witchfest on on the brain because I was talking to Star Ravenhawk oh, yesterday. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't registered. <laughs> she yelled at me too. It's okay. <laughs> 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 um, she's a pro- prolific writer. Uh, Francis has contributed to over forty anthologies, of which I am in one.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, that's that's,
1: that's other. yes, that's uh, let me get it in there.
3: Such a neat cover, yes. that Call of the Gods. Yes. She has to explain each and every book of yeah. hers. That's
1: For, that's all right, 40 amazing. books. All right, <laughs> let's go through all 40 books. Um, she has 40 she, books? <laughs> yes, 40 anthologies. She's a part of 40 anthologies. Um, she includes call, uh, call of the God in her bio, as well as being the author of five books, including Dancing the Sacred Reel, which I think is an excellent book, and I want do want to talk about that because it really looks at... The Wheel of the Year from the Southern Hemisphere's point of view.
2: Okay.
1: Um, yes. So, Because everything is opposite. So I thought that that's very interesting. Um, and Encountering the Dark Artist, which is her brand new book. So we'll definitely have to talk about that. Um, and it's uh, a Dark Artist's Journey into the Shadow Realms. Her sixth book, Contemporary Witchcraft, Foundational Practices for a Magical Life, will be released in August. Um, and that will be through Moon Books. I'm not even going to keep going because there's a whole bunch of other stuff here, and I want to get her on.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and also, uh,
3: I hear that she was published by Avalonia.
2: Her,
1: maybe one of her other books, that's possible, I don't know. I
3: think we'll ask her.
1: Oh Okay, well, let, let's do that. I'm going to call her. Hopefully she's awake. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe she's having her coffee. (laughs)
1: hello
2: hello
4: hey good morning good morning it's yeah quarter to nine here so very
3: early oh wow. and, and it's and it's actually here it's 7 16 in new york city and also where are you in florida or in pennsylvania
1: i am in florida okay i have a double of you hold on i'm trying to get her feet Francis, do you have your video on?
2: Yes. I, I can see, see
1: her. I, well, I can because I have a different screen. I
3: can, I can see, see her, her lovely, lovely smile and, and her beautiful library, library in the back.
4: That's just, just part of it. I have a, a bit <laughs> of a book fetish.
3: I can um, see that. I love it.
4: It's one of the joys of being a writer. You just seem to accumulate books. You do. You, you do. just yeah. need the time to actually read them. <laughs> there,
1: there she is now i got her oh, oh god! yes took a few minutes
4: oh. so you can hear me okay don't yep. you put headphones on or anything no
1: we can hear you we can see you with all those books alex is right that is a lot of books
4: <laughs> and it's a real bookcase it's not just it like from those fake case. screens behind yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> a ladder
3: you need like a ladder to get up to the top portion
4: My dream is, you know, how you see those old libraries where they have those revolving ladders Mm -hmm. and the overstuffed chairs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, all right, the big question is, did you read all those books?
2: Um, (laughs) Maybe the top shelf.
4: Okay. (laughs) Bits and pieces of some of the books, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's okay. I have a ton here too, and I still haven't read half of them. I don't have time.
4: I'm some going to take the them into inter- the afterlife no. with me. So. Oh, there you go. You'll
1: have something. Yep. Now you'll have something to do. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Now, Francis. So,
4: eight, eight, almost
3: nine o'clock.
4: Um, about ten two. 2 Okay. I was getting a little bit confused last night with the different time zones that you'd posted on. on and I'm going. One of them worked out to be about six a.m. it's just like, no, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In that
1: case, we would have recorded.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we would have have recorded. We've done that with England. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, but I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. That's all
4: right. Thank you for inviting me. I'm a bit of an unknown quality in America, except for through Eddie. (laughs) Well, no,
1: you you were at Witchcon. So, you know, and when I saw you, I, you know, when I saw your name, I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't spoken to her in like three years. Like, I like I got to see what, what's going on. And yeah. a lot's changed. A lot's changed. <laughs> yes, this book. I got it right here. <laughs> I love it, I love That's
3: an amazing cover.
4: Um, it's actually from a friend in England. Um, it goes by Chattering Magpie. And he sent through a number of photos, and I just love that, because to me, that's the epitome of the pagan god.
2: Yeah,
4: sure. And my friend who actually did the design, Tim Hartridge, I, th- I think he must have run it by one of his new girlfriends at the time who was new to paganism and went, ooh, scary, you know, demon. I'm going, well, that's to me, that's what the pagan that is are, the god, god. Of yes. is all about. Yes, yes, correct. That confrontational aspect of him. So I love it. And I don't care about anybody else.
3: Of course. You know, a lot of people are scared of uh, the Hindu uh, deities like Kali Ma. And, and, you know, she's a ferocious mother, but she's good for all. You know, she's yeah. like the balance.
1: She's on yeah, the other I, side of the room, so I can't go get her. But. Kali was well, a thing for me.
4: A lot of the dark goddesses seem to have a thing for me. So, yeah, Kali, Iskrigal, yeah we would just sort of stop there. Yeah. <laughs> well that, that <laughs> you know, I, I,
3: and I enjoyed when I was uh, traveling through India and I was doing that uh, triangle tour that they have.
2: Yeah, the golden I triangle.
3: remember going through one of the temples and and the sacrifice of goat that they had in her temple honoring Kaliman and it looks quite uh, impressive to see all the blood, you know, scattered.
4: I, yeah, when I was in India, God, three years ago, were we? Three, yeah, I didn't get a chance to go down to her, her temple myself, but cause we were up in the Himalayas doing yoga of all things. And I remember going to one market and I found a beautiful little bronze just, wall hanging basically off her and at that time I was involved with a sort of a small ishram here in Adelaide and I remember that the guy behind the counter going, oh, be careful of her I'm going, yeah, well, I need two of those and one Ganesh and they're going, okay she <laughs> certainly does know her God's, yep Oh, beautiful I have to go A friend of mine brought that for me from India
1: Hold on <laughs> It's, it's
3: bronze as well Oh, here we go He has to go get his
4: well I, I could take you out to my, my temple which is um outside my house. i got a room off the back of my property and I have um oh wow, is that your your own work? Eddie? No,
1: it is not. Uh this is it's completely hand painted on parchment. Um it's actually from India. Um it's over a hundred years old.
2: Oh wow.
1: Yeah.
4: It's
3: beautiful.
1: So she hangs on my wall too. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I, I have an altar out in the room, so.
3: <laughs> I love her.
4: Well, Francis, tell,
3: tell us a little bit about your, your beginning within uh, paganism, witchcraft, Wicca. How did you um, discover this path of yours?
4: Oh, I, I have no idea, really. I mean, you could go back into the dim, dark past that I grew up in the country, so was part of that. wasn't really growing up being Christian I think we went to church once or twice because dad had better things for us kids to do like slave on the farm Um, when we had neighbors moving down the road they were Baptists and they decided to get the kids in the uh, the countryside together with Baptist Bible studies and I think at that stage I wouldn't about 12 or 13 asking about dinosaurs and where they came in the Adam and Eve story and I was asked not to come back (laughs) but I think when I moved to Australia in 1990 but just before that I had already started or well, trying to explore different spiritualities. A lot of them were Christian which didn't resonate. I was a Baha'i for I think about a week, Krishna for about a week, got involved with the Theosophical Society which was quite interesting and that sort of sped on my interest in metaphysics and it wasn't until I came to Adelaide I think I picked up is it handy? No. Um, Vivian Crowley's Wicca, Old Religion for a New Age. Now it's been called Different Things these days. So that was my first book I picked up. And that just sort of resonated, I think largely too, because she's a psychologist and she sort of explained all the behind the scenes stuff as to what you're doing when you're casting a circle, what you're talking about when it comes to energies. And all of that really resonated with me. And where I was living at the time, went for a walk around the neighbourhood, and there was this shop, and it was a weird guy behind the counter, and sort of like a metaphysical shop, very understated, and they just had this little sign in the window saying courses on ceremonial magic. So I signed up for that, not knowing anything about what ceremonial magic and the Kabbalah was. Um, continued with them, got initiated into witchcraft. Um, to this day, I, was still, I still believe that I'm Alexandrian, though there's a huge question mark, and whether I'm bona fide or not, sort of I, I honestly don't know. But I was led to believe that our initiation was Alexandrian, Adelaide at the time, being the city of churches in the 70s, was very sort of cloak and dagger. Everybody used um, pseudonyms. So it's very hard to sort of like track her true lineage back, but the suppose real, the true initiates sort of acknowledge me, sort of don't acknowledge me. I don't seem to worry too much these days. Having said that, I am sort of interested now, maybe getting reinitiated, to sort of connect that lineage back to Alex. But it hasn't really been a, a big part in my life because to me, I, I just the craft is just the craft and I seem to, either I'm a catalyst or I'm just an attractor, a magnet, just stuff just seems to come my way. So whether my initiation was bullshit, so to speak, I don't think I would have got half this information that would have come my way or been in contact with the people. Um, I've met Maxine, she was, was impressed with me. Um, I've met a number of elders, direct lineage from Alex and Maxine, who seem to vouch for me well as much as they can so it's hasn't been a big thing i just do the magic and work through the gods basically
3: yeah so. we, we do experience that here in america with the pedigree
4: mm-hmm. you know
3: we uh what lineage uh are you acknowledged or you're not acknowledged you know, you're accepted or so forth and, it, uh, and it, when it breaks down to it it's about your own personal magi- magic magic mm-hmm. Yes, communal energies um, in being involved. I'm part of um, my, America's own witchcraft, which is the Cabot tradition. So, so I, I honor that sort of tradition, but I do have historical, uh, you know, references towards the the past with with uh, Gardnerian mm-hmm. and New York Wicca and Welsh. So, that is wonderful to to have and explore and to learn, but. To, you know this this acceptance that we have to go through in order yeah. to be validated. It's it's you know it's so, it's it's spiritual. It's one own's interpretation of its spirituality. So it's it's something that we have to um, take care of and and not worry about what what the mm-hmm. larger scope or the larger crowd say.
4: Yes, I mean I've always felt that. I suppose as a priestess, either if my initiation hasn't been, isn't valid or not, I'm still in the shed as a priestess, and I serve my gods. End of story. Serving um, egos of mankind is sort of second nature. I, I'm a channel for them, um, and I, this sort of came through, especially with the Dark Goddess book that's recently been released, is that I was getting how I work with deity. I was getting goddesses that I didn't even work with almost you know, knocking on my door saying, I want my story told. And it's, so I see that they use me as a catalyst, as a channel. And though, though, and also where I live in Australia, in the southern hemisphere, there's a lot of the stuff from the northern hemisphere that doesn't fit, and it will never fit. And I don't, I don't know, if, it's, especially in Australia, where there's this big sort of resurgence on connecting more so with the land through what are the the local people the indigenous people they're very connected with the land so that sort of flow was flowing through into our spiritual practices as well and it's sort of like i've had our yes elders from northern hemisphere basically say oh yes i came to sydney once and got off the plane and there was no difference in the energies and it's just like okay i was i lived in england for three years and for the first four months i could not do ritual. Because my head was saying one thing, and you know my senses, right, senses were saying right. the other thing. And it wasn't until I got into a coffin there that I could actually, you know, work in the northern hemisphere. Our energies are different, and there's probably about six or seven differences between the hemispheres that a lot of people don't realise. So when you're actually embodying, you know, the occult in any way, shape or form, especially the craft, which is very energetic orientated. Um, these differences really imply into your magics and things like that
1: well being that it's southern which this is great because i wanted to talk about your book actually about that because i think it's phenomenal i've never seen anything else like it with you know uh, looking at the wheel of the year yes (laughs) yes i've never seen anything like that you know ever done and i get you know it is a Small market in a way, you know.
4: Yeah, I'll just get a
1: bit of copy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, in, in the energy work, I mean that that that's something that I think that a lot of people don't get. I mean, a lot, you know, you you see, um, well, just recently for you know, you just celebrated Salad um you know and i saw it you know and so did christian christian day when he posted it too i was like oh my god yeah wait a minute i forgot she's everything's backwards you know (laughs) but you know when it comes to the energy work though Mm. does that almost reverse too in, in the flow
4: definitely when this is what this is my bugbear and i started off when this book originally came out so this is was the first edition 2012, and this is the current one now. Um, my biggest bugbear is riders who say cast your circle clockwise or anti-clockwise, and it's just like, well, we, we our circle casting if you're going juice so, is actually anti-clockwise.
2: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
4: and these days where, and I suppose I'm being influenced in the last couple of months through WitchCon and then watching a lot of Brian Day's. Um, the Hex Fest or the Covenden videos, and this is sort of like really, you know, feeding back into that anxiety, I want to get properly initiated because I, I want to get what they have basically. But there is, or there has been, like in America, a, a walk away from tradition, uh, so much of a anything goes sort of attitude.
2: Yeah.
4: And I might not be as, um, oh, can, I, can I say the word damaging? I think it's damaging for Northern Hemisphere solitaries, but the Southern Hemisphere solitaries who are following largely Instagram, blog posts, it's all Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Thank and, you. <laughs> and, and we were actually, I mean, I, I'm, it's getting to a stage now where I'm getting grumpier and grumpier and I should really just walk away from social media because I don't know how many times I have to tell people, go outside and, you know, It's not just changing the Sabbath around look at the sun. Our sun moves across the sky differently. Our moon is different. The constellations are different. Mm -hmm. I'm in Aries. I don't know if I'm still in Aries if someone's done the southern hemispheric um astrology or you know, astronomy, if I'm still in Aries in the southern hemisphere, there's so much an unknown and it's such a big kettle of fish. But these people are still I know casting circles in the northern hemisphere, and it's just like no, you are actually going widdershins. Do you actually realise that?
1: Right, right.
4: But but it's like yeah, just do it yourself. And I know Brian and Levi talk about it, and a lot of other so us old timers. And it's just like yeah, there's social media, definitely a double edged sword. Yeah, yeah, but but. You know,
1: and this this kind, of, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about just before about the importance of initiation that's been popping up, and and that's the exact same reason why I know Alex had said you know really it doesn't matter if you are or if you aren't yeah in the grand scheme of things of course it doesn't um, and somebody mentioned that in the chat too which uh, I'll bring that up um, but I think that's why there's such a focus now on whether or not. Um, the initiation, you know, if the, that there is an initiation within witchcraft because of social media, because of the shit that's out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that I, I think I really think that's why there's such a focus um, mm. on it is. is at least within the community, the people who've been around for a while are saying that you know maybe it's better to follow something, a tradition, and be initiated mm-hmm. into that tr- or a tradition because at least you're getting a solid foundation and structure. And right,
4: right. And, and I suppose that that's what sort of prompted me to write. Though it's not out um, yet and August will could be coming out is contemporary witchcraft. This is based on my own in the initial instructions which wasn't about spell work that came later you said you know you make your concrete you build your foundations mm-hmm. first to build whatever house you want to build it on but i'm actually surprised going back to dancing the sacred wheel that came out in 2013 australia is the same size as the us landmass. there must be differences in the seasons between say you know N- new york and florida you guys and it's just like does everybody still just work in the same, for the same seasons, or uh, is anybody actually looking at the differences? There must be differences, especially no, in America.
3: I have to interject, and I have to agree with you because um, when COVID started back in uh, March for us here in in New York, I was I had to take a trip to Brazil, and so when I went to Brazil, I was experiencing uh, their uh, mabin. While we in the northern hemisphere, we were having spring spring equinox, and so I the energies were different while mm. I was there. And I and I did I re, I remember I was with my great friend from uh, Salisbury. She's a bard, a druidic high priestess, and and so she she and I created a, a ritual for both the southern and the northern mm. hemisphere with spring equinox and Mabon. Um, uh, uh, autumn equinox. So we were able to, we we actually f- had the energies flow through us as we were in Brazil, and so in that southern hemisphere. So we knew that mm-hmm. there were differences, mm-hmm. honoring the north as well as the south. So it was a, it was a challenge, and I and I remember feeling. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.
4: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: an experience while I was doing that. Uh, yeah. With, with that, that ritual. But um, as, as uh, we were mentioning about an initiatory rights, i think that that's individualistic i think that each and every one of us has that you know right um, portion of their lives that that we go through that we choose i think that yes we all come from solitary you know we discover ourselves we we find the our own interpretation of of spiritual of spirituality within any path that we choose but definitely uh initiatory rights are very helpful and very instrumental in our building blocks in making right. us who are w- what we are today but e- I've, even going through so many
4: yeah even if you don't want to go into like become an alexandrian or gardenerian or a cabot tradition or anything like that having at least a uh, appreciation of the people who brought this out and i suppose again one of my reasons why i wrote Um, contemporary witchcraft was to give that foundation for the people who don't want to go into the initiatory traditions so they at least have a solid foundation to then build their own practice from and i think this is what's missing in a lot of the modern books they are all purely just spell books and you and if you don't know how to identify with the energies or work with the energies um i don't know what the the atheist witches do at during full moons if they don't believe in a lunar goddess or a lunar god? Right. Who are they calling right. down? Right. It's just a piece of rock in the it's sky. A, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, and,
1: and that's that's where that's where you know that that lack of um, structure and that lack of education and the lack of um, proper. I don't even know what you would call it at the, right now. Um, it's, it's
3: honoring our elders, you know. It's honoring our elders uh, uh, who the the ones we honor our ancestors, don't we? Yeah. You know, what I mean, when we do when we do our rites, when we do our our homage, or or any ritual, but also the elders, the ones that created, like you said, the created the tradition. Right, right, I think that those are that's important.
1: Well, I um, I think that that was the that religious part that we have is that's what separates us from these TikTok witches and things, you know. And that's what she's saying with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just a rock. You know what? They I mean? are they're, they're pulling down this energy and they oh, they doing Don't get me started on that. They're doing jar spells and they're doing moon water. Don't get me on you know? yeah, <laughs> they're doing life. moon water, but there's no that the, the religious part of it that yeah. we learned in our trainings in that those initiatory beginnings. That's that's not happening anymore it's just not happening anymore like this this is their god (laughs) the
2: the
3: information is very accessible today's with today's technology and so forth you know and if you're not an influencer if you don't have the amount of numbers you know followers and so forth you know publishing companies i'm 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 a brand new author um i'm getting published by england and I chose England because I felt that England would appreciate they're, the they're more sophisticated readers. So I thought that my my um, humble um, you know body of work would be appreciated more in England as well as here in America. And I see the differences. I see the the sensationalism, the marketing. Uh, they don't even know what they publish. Some some of these uh, you know publishers mm-hmm. and and. I'm, ha- you know, I'm happy to say that yes, they have been picked up by by a publisher. But but today world, it's it's amazing how these uh, kids that have no history to yes. be authors. And I'm like, huh? it doesn't make sense. It's, well, it's it,
4: like Being in the southern hemisphere too, i was sort of like. I mean, I self published. Well, I've got seven books come August I'll have seven books out, five of them are self published. Largely because not only am I writing for a niche market, which is occult paganism, wicca, witchcraft, but I'm writing for a niche market with that within the Southern, southern hemisphere, hemisphere because and this is I mean, I'd love someone like, you know, Moon Books or Llewellyn to pick up Dancing the Sacred Wheel because I'm just crap at promoting it. I've got better things to do with my life. I'm surprised <laughs> of how many I mean, people when I go into, you know Facebook groups I have never heard of it within Australia. So that says just how bad I am. Um, but because it will not sell the units, you know, mm-hmm. the big companies. What, what, aren't what, what, would you rather have quality than quantity? Oh, quality, definitely.
3: Yes. So it's, it's about, you know, for me, it's about quality. You know, mm-hmm. it's about it's about giving the proper information. Uh, to inspire, to to lead those that are seeking.
1: Well, that, that's you like know. the conversation we had, in, in when you first started writing your book a year ago, you know, it, it, about having it having integrity.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah,
1: that's that that's what it is. Totally. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, exactly. I have lots of books in <laughs> <and>, the <laughs> world of publishing,
3: and and I see the differences, and I see how diluted and marketing and it's like medicine here in America today. You see, I, I, I've been in nursing for 30 years and I could see the differences. How, I, when I first started to mm-hmm. what now medicine is in America, how corporate it has become, it's all about the numbers, yeah. it's all about, you know, and then this yes, they, they profess about standard of care you know excellence of care but still it's about the numbers it's about how many they could they could you know do produce and it, it, you know and then we lose that quality i think mm-hmm. i i don't know it's it's it, i'm i i'm going through my experience i guess it's my menopause
2: <laughs> <laughs> that i'm
3: going through but but yes it's it's definitely we're coming of an age of technology of influencers, of, of you know TikTok or whatever it is, but it's all. I guess it's all good.
4: Yeah, I mean, someone said to me a number of years ago when we had our pop-up high priestess arrive in Adelaide, because um, they they had more time to be out there. Um, it's like they feel the need for for the general people. Those who are seeking, want something deeper, who've sort of like wet their whistles, sort of thing, will then hopefully will start looking underneath the surface for something else. But in the meantime, those of us who view our, you know, our craft as more than just a fancy, I suppose mm-hmm. we just have to sit yeah. there and grind our teeth and just yeah. just wait, and then hopefully, I suppose, if I if my words can affect even just one person, I guess I've done my job as a priest. reward. Yes, exactly. and it's not for converting the masses. And like I said a number of times, I just have to walk away and <laughs> sit and refocus in front of my altar and just go, okay. There's only so much TikTok witches you can deal with in one, you know, 24-hour period. Right,
1: right. Well, yeah, right, yeah. Oh, I, I, don't, I have 24 hours. I can't even get five minutes. So, <laughs> but I did want to tiktok yeah i know i know, <laughs> I know. <I'm> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah
2: but well, that's a direct,
1: but the, you know no but he, you know here, here's the thing though and I, this is where i can defend alex on that you know it, it's great for marketing
2: yeah
1: that is it that is it don't listen to anything that's on there don't do anything just promote yourself like that's all it's good for <laughs> listen, but,
3: I, 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 well, I have
2: someone
3: to else, else yes yes <laughs> TikTok, Twitter—I have no time. I work. I work in surgical services. Sometimes 13 hours a day. I I don't have time. I have a very hectic schedule. And then, of course, my my craft, uh, my tradition—you know—and honoring my elders. Mm-hmm. That's what's. That's my mission. That's my yeah. mission. And hopefully, I have six more years. I'm going to retire, and I'm going to dedicate myself to the craft and my elders, and, and just, and, and help those that are in need. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So. And I think there is a difference, too. It's like, it's great if you are an influencer, you can do all the stuff now, but a lot of us work in the real world as well. We and We do. have boring yeah. things like mortgages to pay and gardens to weed, and sometimes I just need to sit on the couch and crochet. <laughs> 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 I, <just laughs> I,
3: I saw those beautiful colors.
4: Yeah, you were doing a shawl or you were doing a blanket. Yeah, yeah, it's a shawl. It's probably grown a bit since then, so um, it's about it was beautiful halfway
2: way through. Just something
4: to sort of brighten up the winter. So that's sort of my downtown time because sometimes I just need to just sit and do stuff for me. And I
3: bet you you add into a spell each crochet.
1: what is <laughs> <laughs> well, is it done? Because I heard you you guys just got snow. Did we? Yes. I, oh, I, <laughs> I, I was I was actually watching the news, uh, the Australian news the other day. I was like, I wonder what's going on over there. <laughs> but I, I, I don't remember where it was, uh, but it, it was the first, snow, I guess, the first snowfall because of, of the season for you guys. Um, and then I was watching and all the stuff that's going on with COVID over there and, and yeah it was rather interesting but
4: well, that must be in another state because in, you know where I live our highest mountain peak Mount Lofty I don't know how many meters it is above sea but, but very rarely do we get snow oh, okay,
1: okay yeah I, was, I wasn't I was sure it was just to me it's Australia so <laughs> but I do want to I do want to hit I want to hit the chat no yeah, <laughs> I do want to hit the, the chat can't well, there we have this really We've got deserts. We've got... over there. Right, you have
4: deserts, right? Yeah. 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 And, and where I live in Adelaide, there's really nothing between us and Antarctica. So our winters are extremely cold. We get the southerly winds blowing up from Antarctica. And yes, it can get down to single figures. Wow. I believe it or not. Wow. Not quite snow, but wow. um, yeah. Wow. Wow. Right, so and, I do want
1: uh,
2: I, I want to
3: tell us because i, I was reading uh, I think I was reading your bio or some of your credentials and I saw that you were published by Avalonia.
4: yes um I well it was one of the anthologies um the Fairy Queens and um, Sarita and yesterday accepted my probably saw my favorite article on Morgan Le Fay. Oh so,
3: wonderful. I've always I, a been personal sort friend of, of mine, a fr- personal friend of ours, she's been yeah. on this show, and uh, she's she just texted me last week. She's doing my afterword for my book.
4: Yeah.
3: So I'm so yes. grateful. You know, I yeah. love her to pieces.
4: Uh, she, she's lovely. Um, my connection with her is actually through her ex-husband, David Rankin, who was one uh-huh. of my, well, my high priests when, when I was in Wales back in the 90s. Spent wow. some time in, in Cardiff with him, his wife, partner at that stage. And then basically when they offered initiation for me, I, I ran away. <laughs> I ran up to Scotland. I don't think I was ready for it back then. <laughs> um, so, and then when David and Sarita got together and, and Sarita was producing Avalonia, um, I've always enjoyed their books. And I suppose their anthology on the Horn God, was the inspiration for me to do call of the god as well and oh. i and i do enjoy the, their anthology as well so when she put out the call for their anthology on the fairy queens i've always had this thing for the Arthurian legend and morgan le Fay has always been a very interesting character a very humanized goddess fade and what's watching her supposed demise or her humanization from sure a powerful fairy over the you know interpretations yes it was yeah really really so that we
3: have the mounds. yeah that is they say the Fae
4: Yeah. and Gwyneth Duff lives underneath it
3: yes Pretty exactly cool. <laughs> so uh, I love Glastonbury
4: yes Yes, oh, I actually like all of England that I've seen. I was supposed to go back there last year, but because of COVID, that didn't happen. I know, I know. I'm
3: planning a trip to England because my my book is going to be on, uh, around maybe Samhain. and so yeah. by September there will be pre-orders, and they want me to come and promote the book. And I'm hoping that I could do that. Mm. I'm I'm separating the day, you know, the the time for me to go to England, but uh, everything is now on a standstill obviously yeah. they, they had a shutdown uh, uh they're, they're
1: slowly back o- opening again i was watching uk news opening, yeah. <laughs> i was they i was watching uk news they are slowly opening they're waiting to see how we handle things before they open back up for us to be able to travel there um that's from their news so yeah i've been watching world news lately i don't know what <laughs> Before bed, there's nothing else to watch. So right? I watch other people's misery than ours. Did <laughs> Did you see any has done to you? I, right? <laughs> you <international> <laughs> I, I am going to hit the chat though. because um, okay. <clears throat> there's a lot of lot of things going in there. So um Jesse, I will hit all of your stuff in one second because we can kind of combine all of that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, Graceless Faye, um says that she's lucky
0: for being a first-generation witch. Or maybe she's lucky. I is she- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
1: You put a question mark after that, so I'm not really kind of sure with that. So if you want to elaborate on that, we can maybe talk about that. Um, uh, Aida would like to know, is there negative stigma associated with witchcrafts? Uh, Wait, is the negative stigma associated with witchcraft as prevalent in Australia as it is here in the US?
4: Well, I don't really know how negative it is in america except for i suppose bible about areas and things like that where it's still you know you're league with the devil well put it this way we have a evangelistic prime minister who i think wants to be a trump wannabe so he probably would think that it's very negative in some states i know in my state in particular in south australia we actually don't have a law that prohibits discrimination, vilification against religion. They tried to put it through a number of years ago but all the Christian right jumped up and down about it. So yes and no. I think it's a little bit more paganism in general is a little bit more open and accepted. There's we've had a few organisations over the years, the Pagan Alliance and which unfortunately folded probably about, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, that was based on the English Pagan Alliance. There were in relation to education and promoting, you know, sort of a umbrella perception of Paganism to the wider community that I was involved with for about six years. And for the last 10 years, or maybe it could be a bit longer, which is really bad, because I had an interview with them on Wednesday, um, there's the PAN or the Pagan Awareness Network, they operate out of Sydney and they've been going and they do the same thing. They hold um, sort of educational events and open circles and things. And we're recently having a, I think it's a documentary has been filmed here and that was released in Darwin a few weeks ago. And it's actually a shorter version of that's going to appear on our so there's a religious program or a spiritual program on it used to be on a sunday night called compass so they're doing an edited down version on paganism in australia so that's nice. going to be quite interesting so it depends on i think there's still that mindset um but i suppose if, if compared to the says so the bible belt in america we don't have that in the cities in the smaller country communities i think well, from my knowledge, of people who live there are still but sort of keeping their beliefs to their, yeah, you know, close to their chest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, let's
1: see. Uh, what is the dark goddess that resonates with you the most, and have you dedicated yourself to any dark goddess?
4: oh i'm gonna have you like them lining up going pick me (laughs) and that's how that they work as i think as we were saying in the chat i i'm just sort of like um, i get used by them i always see myself as sort of a channel they come through probably carly is the most um, active one at the moment i actually have an altar for her Um, as i said earlier i was involved in a small ashram in Adelaide for a little while. I had a lot of other stuff happening in my life, so I couldn't actually dedicate myself to her or the ashram. But I do mantras and and make offerings, not blood offerings as sacrifices, but my own blood offerings to her. So I suppose if any dark goddess, it is her. I do have a connection with Ishkrigal. My main goddess, I suppose if you want to use the term matron, I don't use that term personally, is Isis, but then she has Nepsis, which is her silent Mm -hmm. twin or her silent self. And so there's this connection with Isis being sort of like the overall mother of all. and But as I'm getting older, I'm finding this sort of drawn aspect to um, Nepsis as well. So not all dark goddesses are out there, scary, like Carly or as you <laughs> told, some of them are the silent ones. And I think in this day and age of social media and being on call 24 hours a day, it's that silence. It's like the darkness, complete silence. It can be extremely frightening for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely.
4: Sit there with yourself, basically, and that can be scary.
1: Let's see. All right. Uh, all right. So now I want to hit up uh, Uh, Jessie's questions Um, and I'm going to kind of put them all together they're different ones but a lot of it's really based on that and we were talking about you know initiation um, and stuff like that she said do you feel a witch is just as much as a witch even though she is not initiated uh, and just born into it so I think I'd like to all three of us answer that it, because I think we all have different opinions and, on that, and I, I don't want it to be just one singular opinion for the show. So, Alex? you want me to? <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let our guests go first. Go ahead. Ladies first. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> well, um, I don't know what it would mean, like, to be born into um, a religious tradition, because I said right at the beginning, my parents, though we lived in a Christian society, were farmers. So I wasn't actually... Born and I suppose I was born into Christianity, but I wasn't born into being a Protestant or a Catholic or anything like that. We didn't go to church. Dad, I think, is an atheist, and Mum at one stage said that she wanted to be a Quaker. So that I do definitely, I think you can be a witch without initiation, um, if you, if you understand the, the concepts or have this appreciation, especially in these this day and age. I mean, to me, it's a religion. It's always been a religion. There's always been gods and goddesses um, connecting with the, the earth as a representation of them, and it's more than just the spell work. So to me, it's a way of connecting with deity, something higher than ourselves. So definitely, yes. And even as an initiate, we will, well, my tradition, we always had to do our own work as a solitary anyway. So it's just like, yeah. And as Alex has pointed out, life itself has initiations for us. And mm-hmm. um, so you never can walk away from the fact of initiation. Craft initiation just takes it to a different level, shapes it, basically puts you into a different egregore or connection.
1: Alex
3: <laughs> Well, you, it's all in my book.
4: Oh <laughs>
1: God, come on you, that's a cop out. <laughs> so, um,
3: I, I was born, I was born in Catholicism, but it was the facade. Because my, my obviously in my book I I tell about Freemasonry and and how how my folks were free thinkers and so the balance of female and how how the veneration of, of, of female divinity was so prominent in in my my household so so yes it's it's personal it's it's folk I I met you know a lot of a lot of. Um, you know, Gardnerian, everything that was all created by Gardner. But yes, the free, the New Forest, the, the 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 folk magic, the everything that was, bits and pieces that were salvaged. I think that that it's part of the humanity, and and it, if you if you personally feel yourself and you resonate with that path, you go through that path. I think that it's personal, it's individualistic, and. And yes, and you, you go on to communal energies. You go on to the bigger scope of things and, and energies of, 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 of community and uh, self-service, but also serving others.
1: So, I, I think we're all kind of in line um, because, yeah, there's nothing wrong with starting off uh, solitary. Um, you know, and then, but I think what ends up happening is, as you, like you said, dive deeper, want more, you start to look towards the the, the groups. You start looking towards you know um, coven's, you know, real coven's. You know, and you're
3: not going to get it in a book.
1: No, you're not going to get that. You're not you going to experience it. It is completely different. It's, it's completely yes, different.
3: The hands-on yeah. work, rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. It, that's what's important.
1: Right. And, and, and so, that's that's where that this so, is, this know,
3: is where soul searching. Meditation, there's, there's so much uh, honoring your the gods, honoring your elders, uh, you know, serving your your community. That's what's important that it's about humanity. And, and what, what what is religion It's just our interpretation of spirituality and service to our community.
1: That and and that's that's the difference, um, I I think on that and and in touching her thing, I don't understand what a born being born into it either. Oh, I think we might have lost. uh, Oh, Australia, come back!
4: I can still see you guys.
1: Oh, okay, we can't see you.
4: Oh, no, my, my video is still recording. Oh
1: I meant. Yeah, something. maybe it'll pop back in. But it's okay, we can hear you. So we'll just let it Can you
3: can you click on your
4: audio
2: on uh, your visual, your uh, camera? I don't know. Yep, there there you, go. you go. Yay, she's
1: back. Yay, we <laughs> found Australia. <laughs> <Constant> <laughs> um, <like something. laughs> um but anyway, what I was saying with that is you know, being born into I don't un- understand. That, maybe you know. maybe
3: in today's generation that they are more, uh, you know, pagans and and Wiccans, quote unquote. And I think I think that she's talking about you know being born into this type of path uh, because of their parents.
1: Well, that uh, that much I understand because even yeah, even myself. That
3: reference that she's talking about um, that is wonderful, but but I think that it's individualistic. You, you choose, you choose where, where, you know, what path you're going to take. Um, but in the, in the, in the bigger, bigger picture that we have here that we're delivering the message, uh, through this podcast and having, you know, uh, our dear guests from, from Australia, this is wonderful that, you know, to, to mm. express that this is this is about one's own journey and and yes and 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 uh, i think that she's doing wonderful i think that she's great uh, whatever whatever choo- she chooses
1: no yeah and, and uh, you know if, if yeah, i kind of sit on the fence with it I, I, i'm gonna put it that way i kind of sit on on a fence with it um but yes, there's folk magic, there's this and that, and yes, that can be classified as witchcraft, obviously, the you know, uh, traditional things like that. Um, as in the born, I don't know. I don't believe in hereditary. Um, I, I do believe, you know, yes, being born, because raised, I was raised into it. So, you know, there's, there, of course, it's there. So, uh, yeah, with that, I'm not understanding. Um, but with that would bring me to her second part. Um where she kind of just makes a statement of creating her own coven so that she can be a priestess, I think it works the opposite way
4: i think if if you want to be a priest or a priestess, firstly understand what that word means yes and and or have i mean it doesn't have to be like the dictionary meaning, but um, it's like calling yourself a witch know what that word means list to you and be solid in that. To me, priestess means probably coming back to what the old mystery cults where you are actually mm-hmm. of service to the gods.
1: Yes. And that's where um, initiation it, comes in.
4: Yes. And it's initiation into the practices or the techniques of that mystery cult sort of thing. Yes. Um, these days, there are various other initiations as well. But I suppose that's always been my sort of like pushback Um, as to whether to fix up my lineage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt my initiation, whether it's direct or or not, opened me up as a priestess to the gods, and the gods recognised me, end of story. Um, And what's followed on over the last nearly 30 years, um, to me, has been clear evidence of that. Uh, It's everything else. I suppose all the different traditions are different... I suppose, but like, if you're uh, initiated into, say, Reiki or any energetic healings, you're getting connected into these different lineages, these different paths or ways of doing things. So even as a solitary, if you had that initial connection with divinity, and again, it comes back to it's to me, it's a religion. So you get your connection with um, the gods; they will guide you. But even with that, there's something. Yeah with working with others that's completely different to a solitary. Mm -hmm. And even if you want to be solitary, if you get an opportunity to work with others, then definitely go for it. And it can may or may not resonate with you. I do have a sort of an issue with beginners teaching beginners. And I think this Mm -hmm. is the Mm -hmm. problems or the issues that we're seeing these days is that yes, it's good to share the information, but if you are all um, and not being sort of elitist, that I'm initiated and you're not, so you can't teach. But if you are all beginners, within your, there's the techniques, I think what we've discussed earlier. That that's
3: where if I go th- back to what <laughs> we, were, we were saying before, that in our generation, we seeked, we were neophytes, yeah. we, we did the building blocks, we went through the journey, we, we studied. We learned, we did, mm-hmm. we hands on, we worked with the community.
4: Then it we became
3: to, Yes, and then we became. So when it came when it becomes priest or priestess, it is service. It mm-hmm. is a great responsibility because it is a spiritual leadership that a yes. role that you're taking on as No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spiritual leadership and service to the community. You
4: service in all the different public. different shapes and forms. Exactly. Even a Facebook post or a TikTok video, you are, in a way, influencing somebody else. So if you're not prepared or you don't know the, or you don't have the credentials or the knowledge behind what you are putting out there. Correct. It, it, how someone else is going to interpret that. If you're an influencer with, you know, 30K followers, but you don't really understand the consequences of, I've had a good example on one of the Facebook pages where someone had a yellow flower and its biological name was similar to clandula And can I use this instead of calendula? Oh, yes, you can. It's all similar. And I'm looking at it going, I'm quite sure that's a toxic herb. Or toxic plant <laughs> um, burn that I don't want to be anywhere near it and it's like the the trend these days of putting all the things on top of your candles some of these herbs if they are burnt or burnt in a, a contained space are actually quite damaging to your mind spirit and body mm-hmm. but yeah. they look beautiful and this is what people are not understanding when we get the beginners teaching the beginners and Sometimes is it? Yes. And if you want to be a priestess do the work Right.
1: Thank right.
4: you. Thank you. Yes,
1: friends. Agreed. agree.
3: That's exactly Agreed. what I've been yeah. always saying It's yeah. it's building up yourself to become mm. the leadership of Spirituality of be, being to represent the gods to represent this religion that is now bona fide throughout the world, you know mm. as "Quote unquote Wicca uh, and paganism." So we have to understand that there is responsibility and accountability for it. Yes, that people don't yes. know about that. Yes. yes, and you won't
1: they, get it in a they, book.
3: They, I love that phrase. <coughs> yeah. I love that because it's so true. It's it's. I see it today. It's like and they don't and they have no um, respect towards their elders. They totally mm-hmm. disregard. They oh they could do it themselves. Really. Right. Right. We've done the work, we've built up what we have today in order to, you know, teach you, to guide you, and you're dishonoring us, you know. But like,
4: mm-hmm. We've done the hard work, I mean, our elders, Gardner and Sanders, before us did the hard work, they had the failings, and, and it's just like what we're trying to pass on to the next generation is maybe you see you have to learn through your know, your experiences, your highs and your lows. But we're trying to make sure that your lows aren't as earth shattering as what we've right. maybe gone right. through. Or and if you're going to burn I, that I, herb, that's dangerous. You could kill yourself. It is
3: dangerous. And you know what? And I want to be balanced and correct because I could learn from a 20 year old as well mm. as a 20-year-old learn
2: from Yeah, no, yeah. agreed. Okay. okay, it's not about age, I right. Could,
3: I could learn from a 20-year-old as well. So mm. I I could say, yes, you have the, you know, you have the the talent, the magic, the inspiration, um, but do you have the body of work? No, you don't. You have to build that up. You have, That's time. Mm. But that's why I always honored my elders. I looked up to them. I, I revered them. I, I, I went on, I, I, I was mentored, I was initiated by them, so that, that's what you need to do. I, I, I pretty much encourage people to, to understand that when you're in your 20s or your 30s, you need to seek great masters out there that have that balance, have yeah. the, the ego tamed, you know, because, of <laughs> course, we, we fall into the trappings of this materialistic world of, of, you know, of numbers and influencers and so forth. And and so we need to be balanced and say, you know, oh, there's someone that has humility, has the knowledge. I resonate with that. I, I really I, I'm attracted to that person. Yes. Let me learn from that. Let right. me learn from right. him or, or right. her.
1: Right. Outside oh of God. outside of books. Yeah. Outside of books, because I, no, I think books that's very important. They're important, right? It, but it outside be of that, you
3: to read it behooves you to yes. to you know to to develop the mind, to exercise that mind. But still, you have to do. You have to put in the work. Well, and, it, and, yes. The, the honoring, like in my book, I say honoring our elders, you honor yourself. Yes.
4: Yeah. And I'd like just like to say is like when I talk about age, I'm not necessarily meaning meaning someone's biological age. Right. I think you, as you mentioned, yeah. Alex, right. it's also the age of you know that someone came into the craft. I didn't know anything about witchcraft really until I came over here and I was twi- about 20, 21 years old. These days, with so much information available and it's been available for a while, you're getting preteens learning taking those first baby steps. So, as you said, when you come to a 20-year-old, they might not have the maturity and life years, but if they've been practicing doing their own thing, reading the mythology books, even doing full moon rituals or putting water out and calling it moon water, and we might sort of like snirk at that, at least they're doing something. And I'd rather have um, someone come to me who's actually prepared to do something than maybe an elder person who goes, well, I know everything and I'm, you know, I'm not going to do anything myself. Mm-hmm. True. And sometimes but it's they're, the younger but they're, people. But they're, coming,
1: but they're coming to you, they're seeking, and that's the yeah. important part. They're seeking that, uh, that instruction, I don't want to say instruction, but I think you know what I mean, that instruction f- from a person.
3: And yeah, I think that's what,
1: what made
3: they're respecting you, and you're respecting them. It's equal flow of that energy of humanity. Yeah. So that's the balance that I always profess. You mm-hmm. know, yes, you you enlighten yourself. You become, you with, with time and years, you become this guru. But humility, I think it's, it's a, a key component to spirituality.
4: And it's it's also, it's like, there's things, because, you know, I work in the real world, there's a limit to what my little brain can handle or time that I can explore. There's a lot of magical spiritual traditions out there that if I had the time, I'd love to, I'd love to dedicate myself to the Kabbalah, Um, you know, 20, 30 years of that full time, but that's not going to happen then on the other side yeah you know, I'd love to dedicate more time to the herbs and I like to dedicate my time to certain gods and running around the world you know at sacred sites which isn't going to happen at the moment <laughs> so, but there will be people that I come across who have an interest in this or so interest in that and next month a bit of self-promotion I've decided to just have it like an open event for, for a couple of hours for people to come, and if they want to li- learn or listen to me, they can, or if they want to share of something of their own practice. Adelaide is very much solitary. We do have a few groups here, but I think this is the common theme that's happening a lot these days is, again, a lot of people doing stuff on their own. So just coming together in a physical sense and just sharing, understanding, you know, what if what similarities people are doing could actually be quite insightful especially for the younger people coming absolutely. through
3: absolutely francis i would love for you to explain some of your books and this way you could showcase them on this show and <laughs> alex um, want you to do all 40 no. You can actually go through your books because I, I, I'm impressed with your
1: body of work.
4: Not just my collection behind me. Well, she wrote all
1: curious. of them. That's all her. Your, your
4: latest, your latest um, uh, work
3: that actually is, is visible. I've seen a couple of them and I was, I love them. I, great uh, graphics you've chosen for your cover
4: yes well unfortunately the books are up there and it's early in the morning and i'm still in my track pants <laughs> so um well almost we might as well do it in chronological order we have mentioned dancing the sacred wheel which i originally put out in 2012 which is the original version of it based on the again i've, I've looked at the taking the traditional wheel of the year and moved it to the southern hemisphere and given what information I could find in relation to the indigenous people here. I'm on Ghana country here in Adelaide, which is the Adelaide Plains. But unfortunately when um, the colonialists came, they almost wiped out the whole Ghana population. So it's beginning to rebuild now, but there's not a lot of information as to the Ghana um, practices. So, the areas that had been looked at were the Naranjiri people down the Kiorong, which is the mouth of the Murray River, which if you aren't in Australia, will probably mean nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> and just sort of include a little bit of Aboriginal law and teachings because you know, there's over 250 language groups in Australia of Ab- Aboriginal people, So, and they've all had their different customs and referred to different seasons as well. So I've tried to include a little bit of that in Dancing the Sacred well. The next book I put out was In Her Sacred Name, Writings on the Goddess, or the Divine Feminine. I used to write for a magazine for about ten years until it folded and that was largely in their pagan pages section. And so that writings um, in her sacred name is just a collection of articles on the goddess. Wow. That I had expanded from that. And because my tradition is duality, out came Call of the God that was my introduction where I met um, Eddie through. And that as said earlier was inspired by um, Avalonia's, um, just trying to think what their, their god anthology is. It's up for Horns of Power. And also a, a friend of mine, male druid, um, was sort of complaining that there were a lot of goddess books. Where's the god? And this is what I was feeling too. So I put together the anthology, and apart from Eddie's artwork, I also had Michael Howard before he passed on. He contributed to that, this book as well. And I was very impressed with that because I was editing that when I was going through cancer. So that was quite a mammoth task, a good distraction. (laughs) From that, I went on to The Witch's Circle which I've actually pulled at the moment because I'm going to rewrite sections and that's more of a training manual for one of the courses I was writing or that, that I was leading here in Adelaide. Then my first um, non-self-published book which is released in uh, was it March this year which is the one that I showcased at um, Witchcon is Encountering the Dark Goddess, Journey to the Shadow Realms that was based on workshops that I've been running since 2006. So we're sort of looking a little bit shadow work. I've chosen 13 goddesses. To, again, as I said earlier, I work with divinity as the real beings. I've had them stomping through circles and you know, hitting me around the head with the cosmic frying pan, that sort of thing. So <laughs> this is sort of like how to connect with them. And working with them sort of, especially if you're dealing with trauma or I did mention a little bit of my cancer journey, how even though I've had a connection with the dark goddesses for most of my magical life, I felt this time, instead of slipping through the back door, I had to do the Inanna journey, go down the seven gates and actually sit there with Iskrigal and then I suppose she had to kick me out because I got too comfortable. In, in the d- Darkness and the Underworld, which, yes. So that came out in March, and it was quite interesting when it comes to figures. Um, the pre-release figures, I think, was 500 books, which I thought was fantastic. And next um, April, I think the figures have increased in the next year, 100, 100 units were sold, which I think is fantastic. Um, but I'm not making that the high... Sort of beat your trust, sort of figures that the publisher wants, but hey, it's early days, yes. But I'm still very, (laughs) I'm very pleased with that body of work. Absolutely. And and just to see, I mean, I was actually contemplating whether to self publish it myself, but there's something in it, it needed to come to a bit bigger audience. And then when I was finished that, I decided to write contemporary witchcraft, which I mentioned earlier. Is sort of, I don't like the 101 books. Um, I wondered, thought, if I'm going to actually write a 101 book, I would have to start from the beginning and utilize how I was taught, because I'm still using those foundational practices. So I said, I view my teaching as, you now I get muddled between cement and concrete, but you get all the ingredients together to make your foundation for your house. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping to co- that my book has covered. But how you shape that foundation, how you pour it, how you build your house, whether you use timber frame or metal frame on top of that, if you have a single story or a bungalow or a complex, is entirely up to you. But it still all comes back to this foundation. If you don't have that foundation, if you're just running off to do spells without knowing what you're doing, what we've covered today, can you become a spellcaster? Yeah, and that's it. And then when I was writing that, um, I realised, especially here in Australia, we don't have a what is wicca book um, that doesn't go into the spell. So I just produced a little book of wicca, which is 60 pages of talking about, I personally don't really like the word wicca these days. I prefer witchcraft or contemporary witchcraft, but people more familiar with wicca. And in that book, I talk about why, you know, why we connect with the seasons, why we connect with the moon, why we have a, a God and a goddess. What are some of the philosophies in it? So it's just a little 60 page book that say, if you want to be a Wiccan and everybody's calling you a wish, but you can give them to your family and friends. Okay. So that sort of came out at the same time. And I'm writing now my next book. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm forever writing, Here's the bookcase.
3: <laughs> that is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's all right. And I want—I wanted to ask you in Australia—are they are familiar with the Cabot tradition or Laurie Cabot?
4: Laurie Cabot, definitely. I did have to—I confess—I had to ask Eddie, you know, were you related to her? Because I didn't know you took on her name. Um, her power of the witch um, is up there somewhere, and I think it's a very early edition. It was one of the, again, one of the original books um, that I came across when I was, started to get into the craft. It was Vivian Crowley's book that I mentioned earlier, Laurie Cabot, Buckland's Big Blue Book. And I think when I went to England, one of the very first books that someone told me to read in these days yeah, was The White Goddess. Which,
3: oh, yes. Yes,
4: yes, yes. Back in the day, and if we talk about old books, that book is very hard going. Very interesting, (laughs) but very hard going. But, yeah, Laurie Cabot is um, quite well known over here. And even at Witchcon, I was a little bit concerned. I think my billing was opposite her, so I didn't know Mm -hmm. if anybody was actually going to. No, watch a little unknown person from Australia compared to Laurie Cabot who <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
3: the Reverend Mother, but uh, she's she's wonderful. It's amazing. She's eighty yeah. seven.
4: Yeah. Seven
3: years old and she's still there. But yes, no, I'm not blood related. I am spiritually related to her. I am I'm mentored and initiated by her. And I'm one of her ambassadors for the tradition.
4: Yeah. Well, I was in America briefly in 2019 and doing a trip with my father and I had a day excursion to Salem. And so after we had to go to the museum with a horrific show, I was running, <laughs> I, I got to the memorial site for the witches and then I was trying to find um, a few of the occult shops and I think I may have come across um, Laurie's shop, but she wasn't there. But um. Oh, way yes. back then? Uh, 2019, so it's a couple of years ago.
3: Oh, um, no. She was no, no. at uh,
1: Enchanted then, right? Yeah, she's
3: uh, represented by Enchanted of Salem.
4: Right, yeah, so yeah. I went to a, few, a few, I had a little list. But, um, Salem, I mean, when I was there, it was, you know, coming to your Halloween season and it was very interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like the commercialism anyway. And it's just I like, I know,
3: oh. I know. It's become very commercial and, uh, it's like di- pagan Disneyland <laughs> 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 when it comes to Salem messages. Well. Yes. But yes, yes, uh, not- I, yes, yeah. I have fond memories of salem when i was younger when it wasn't so uh it was it was a sleepy town and and it was that charm that new england charm that i love and i still do i still do but yes it's 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 change things evolve
4: yes i like everything but no it was really interesting some of the i don't know what shops i went into but i'm just looking at going there's no way i can get half the stuff through customs yes (laughs) um. (laughs) <laughs> I'm hoping to, to if I can travel when we can travel again, like like to head back and especially to Salem or to New Orleans and actually spend a little bit more time actually getting a feel of the place. Oh, you beyond would
3: love New Orleans. Oh, you would love New Orleans. It's 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 wonderful. Such such rich history mm-hmm. and energy and culture. Everything is great there. Yes.
2: So,
3: one day, one day when we're we're back to normalcy will will be able to actually travel again and i want to come to australia
4: well it's like i'm hoping 2022 i've had my first jab waiting for my second jab and and yes and i think when when we can travel i'm going to take at least 3 months off yes be great. and yes alex you know, and Eddie come to australia and um, it's I said it's a big country i have family there
1: too so <laughs>
3: I do. I have a, in Sydney, I have a plastic surgeon that she's always been inviting me to come because uh, she's met me here uh, mm. in New York. And, and so she's always, and I've gone out to dinner with her. She's wonderful. And so she's always like, come to Sydney, come to Sydney. And I'm like, okay, one day, one day. <laughs> but it, it's, it's it's quite the journey for us yes. to go because it's, um, I believe it's about 27 hours
4: Twenty-eight hours, I think. We're also crossing a time zone, so when I went over there, we sort of went back in time. And when you come out over here, you sort of go forward in time. Forward so, in time. so it's yeah, that's right. <laughs> right.
3: That's right. we're Saturday night here and Sunday
2: yes. morning over there.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, so that's, so, that's... so we can we yeah. can make it up you know like puddle jumping. We could go from here to the UK, yeah. then down to. I don't know, Germany and then just keep going and eventually get to Australia.
4: <laughs> yes. And then you just have to either take the big leap across the ocean or go back the other way.
2: Yeah, so. yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. No, I've I've the farthest I've gone is like India. India was about what, sixteen hours. So yes. From from New York to to India. And I had to stop in Netherlands.
2: Yes.
4: Yeah. So, see, we have that everywhere, basically. When going to England is almost 24 hours. I think it's 22 hours. America, okay. I think, was 16 or 18 hours or something like that. Oh, direct really? flight. That's great. Yeah.
3: That's great. No, for, for, from New York to England is about seven seven hours.
0: So yeah. it's really,
3: it's not bad.
2: So,
3: yeah. yeah, it's it's so wonderful to have you. And uh, you know, and, and this way we we connect with mm. the southern hemisphere and the northern hemisphere, and the, this is really important information for our viewers to know the differences of the energy of the art and cultural, um, you know, practices that our ancestors had. Yeah. How difference the difference of the duality.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, and. I've always thought that if say Gardner or Alex started the craft in the Southern hemisphere, I mean, they would be doing things our way as opposed to you, your guides way. So when you hear like the Northern hemispheric people would just say, Oh, you just do this or there's no difference. So on the astral, it's just like maybe on the astral, but we're still working in the physical realm right. and oh, we are. <laughs> even simple things like water going down the plug hole or our, the way our vines twirl up trees, Is different Mm -hmm. in the hemispheres yeah so there is a huge difference and the underlining I suppose to me the underlining energy that moves through the craft again is energy so it's affected by the different flows around the earth agreed so if you're on the equator I'd like to know what people around the equator well I was just
1: gonna I was just thinking that myself I was like oh I wonder what happens like you get that that band in the middle like does yeah. it just stop? Like, is there nothing? Because it's just, you know, like I, fighting I, each other I, or? I, I know
4: no, and, there's and a video. Know, right about, about that. The, the water spinning, I think, in, in Africa, um, the Coriolis effect. And, and they actually move, um, I think, a couple of meters either side and actually show demonstrations. Yes, yeah, I've
1: seen that. Yeah. yeah, they have. Uh, uh, so there's a place in South America that also does that too. Yeah, but
4: it's like if you're... and. I find it really interesting because it's in the north of Australia, Darwin and um, Cape York, they're very close to the equator, so even with the Aboriginal peoples, their seasons, are just you know, two seasons, wet and dry, so they're mm-hmm. very monsoonal, while everywhere else there's either six or eight seasons, so everything changes.
3: Correct. That's why my imagination runs wild, and I'm thinking about toloric or ley lines, that go through the earth, you know what I mean, mm. and when they go through the southern and northern hemisphere, how that that affects and how that that actually coincides with that energy flow. It's just amazing.
4: Yeah, it's one of our main point um places over here, Uluru as rock. I haven't actually been to that place yet. But I think in the northern hemisphere it's connected with one of the ancient sites in England somewhere. Yes, through. they it's always
3: like the caloric energy flow or the, you know, the ley lines itself, that when they do that crossing, mm. there's uh, always huge temples or markers yeah. that man have built because of that um, port of energy mm. or that concentration of energy.
4: Yeah, and there's also beliefs. I mean, I don't know how... True, it is, although it's just hearsay, that um, the Dreamtime stories here in Australia and, and the walking lines that the Aboriginals would make were all based on that energy as well. Hmm. Wonderful. Very connected. You know don't don't quote, quote me, that's just something that, that's sort of like I've come across recently and I haven't had a chance to sort of like investigate it truly. But oh. considering that the Aboriginal peoples were here. I do know, 75,000 years, they have this deep connection with the land, right. so when they went walkabout, it was often through their song lines, which is connecting to the land. So, so you would say that
3: the Aborigines have their own folk magic as well?
4: I would say yes. Um, a lot of the stuff has either been lost or it's very hidden um, due to sort colonization and... A lot of oral... Uh, very oral right. traditions. Um, I've got one book up there about, um, I think, some of the sacred teachings through because they, they had women's magic and men's magic, so it would depend on, you know, and this is one of the issues we had here in Adelaide or South Australia when they were building were developing one of the islands um, south of Adelaide because it was for women's business. And they didn't want, it was sacred women's business there, and they didn't want um, it to be developed. But, yeah, unfortunately, that was sort of like dismissed. And I suppose it would have been similar, I'm assuming, in in lots of indigenous cultures, being sort of like Mm -hmm. Caucasian, we've sort of lost that connection of women's business and men's business. We have it a little bit through women in our blood mysteries and that sort of cycles. Um, I don't know what they would have done with um, subminaries sort of and tra- transgendered people if they actually had that in their cultures, and that would be something interesting to explore a little bit further, but they definitely had specific um, mysteries for, for the genders.
3: Yeah, the, the, uh, definitely the principle of gender plays an account, and this is something mm-hmm. that um, that Ed, one of our pioneers here in New York, Eddie Bezinski, created the Minoan Brotherhood and Sisterhood. I don't know if you ever heard of Eddie Bezinski. Uh,
4: just a uh, little bit, yeah, more in recent yeah. times. Uh,
3: well, he, uh, there's a, a wonderful book about him uh, by Michael Lloyd, and it's called The Rise and Fall of a Pagan uh, Pioneer, such as Eddie Bezinski, The Bull of Heaven, it's titled and so this book it, it goes through the whole history of Eddie Bezinski as the one of the pioneers within uh, New York Wicca you know which is an offshoot from Gardnerian and so he created the Minoan Brotherhood which was solely men and it as uh, a mystery school mm. so this is something that today it, it has flourished so many groves i'm not part of that uh, tradition but but I the I I know about it because of obviously I'm part of the uh of his own lineage of all three with the Welsh and New York Wicca. And so so um that Minoan brotherhood has flourished throughout the country, even even abroad.
4: Mm. And right. it needs it I mean I personally think that Again, I don't have a lot of experience when it comes to the non-binary people, but there are certain mysteries for that women go through, and there's certain mysteries that men go through. And sometimes we need to have that separation to actually appreciate our part in the bigger scheme of things.
3: Yeah, hence the maybe there needs
4: to be extra mysteries for people who don't fit into either category. I don't know.
3: Correct. Today's world, yes, we have the non-binary, of, mm. uh, you know, category, and, and so I think that that would be uh, great to explore, to, mm. to have something, but but I don't know, it's, it's just, it's complicated for me, for me, actually, it's complicated, <laughs> the, the titles and the, the differences, mm. uh, and and I embrace it all. It's about humanity
4: yeah I think at the end of the day it comes down to the person and you know how dedicated you are and what the words we' were talking earlier what the words mean to you and if you want to be initiate or if you want to be a priest or a priestess what that word actually means to you and can you walk in the shoes of those who have claimed that title before
0: Correct. with the
4: responsibility <laughs> it's not word. just a pretty label that you can you know, get off the back of a cereal packet it actually comes with comp well, huge responsibility
3: yeah. it's like yeah. it's, it's like re- being a reverend mm. within, within the the uh, the tradition or the temple itself and it's why why do you have that because i did the work i i i yeah.
4: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Made it happen for myself. I educated myself. I, I It was instrumental in servicing the community.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah actually, somebody, somebody uh, mentioned something uh, like that. But unfortunately, I lost it when they were saying um, to be a priest or a priestess is... In service of the community of the gods Um,
2: Mm.
1: there was a couple other things that that they had mentioned and in response to the talk of uh, you know becoming a starting a coven to become a priestess um, which I say it's the opposite way you become a priestess first and then then start your coven because then you're in that leadership role and you've done that work as Alex is saying Mm. you've done that work you're and you're dedicated to your community you're dedicated to your gods you're dedicated to the service and put you in that priesthood
4: i suppose it also depends on what she means by a coven does she mean a coven as a study group of like-minded people who are all beginners or just want to get together because even running a coven i've run a coven for a while, and it's had ebbs and flows, and it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot and of and you work. take that responsibility, especially yeah. if you're doing magical rites. Um, that seem to, because magic brings up a lot of our shadow self, our shit stuff that we sort of want to refuse it to acknowledge. And there can be rites where you've got someone sobbing in a corner. What yes. do you do?
2: right if you don't right. have that
4: responsibility that experience that knowledge base what are you going to do if someone loses all or the, that your ritual gives a negative result because that does happen right right well
3: it, you know i understand that that yes congregations is important communal energies are important for self-development but it, when we go down to it it's humanity and why is why are we here we're here mm-hmm. because one of the reasons that I always um, ponder on is about ego and yeah. and and I think taming that ego it's it's yes self-esteem is it's not really part of that it, it, yes it's a component of the ego but yet, self-esteem is important for for us to have uh, structure and self-worth but yet we need to tame and have our ego in check when we're doing spiritual work uh, for others and not be fall fall into the trappings of this mm-hmm. you know like the like I said the pedigree yes. You know the, the the titles the the, the Prefix or, or the suffix, and then it's mm-hmm. like we don't need that. We we need to focus on humanity. It is about leadership, spiritual yeah. leadership, and delivering the right message and guidance, and uh, being there for those who are in need. So it's it's uh, it, uh, a lot of people would argue, but but it's. <laughs> You know what i am I'm okay with it because I, I I say it how it is from
4: the heart, yeah, and you also you're coming from experience, and it's just like, yes, I'm a high priestess, but I'm only a high priestess of my coven. Anywhere else, I am just a, a priestess of the gods, mm-hmm. so right we're, we're, I've been in a situation where I've actually worked in someone else's coven, and I say, "Oh, we're w- working with two high priestesses, and it's just like, no, this isn't my coven, so I'm not a high priestess in this coven." <laughs> I'm just a priestess, so, gaining experience. Yeah, exactly. Of, uh,
3: exactly. Yes, it's it's about self development, self self um, discovery, soul searching. Mm.
2: Yes.
3: And I and I say to and you know when when people come and ask me questions and, and uh, ask me for guidance, I say you you have the power. You definitely. have... Yeah power within yourself to discover yourself it's a soul search you just yes you need certain uh teachers and masters to guide you
4: through and it's just like like any book that is available uh, they're written from someone else's perception on things correct so it's only their their sort of lens that they're looking through and this is why we mentioned this earlier too you know read widely experience as much as you can even if, if you're not into reading books look at or follow a lot of blogs or vlogs, or facebook postings or instagram postings don't just stick to one or two that you like the look of because the crowd is much deeper than that
1: much. and then apply yeah. it yeah well and that, that's just it take that next step you know i you know a lot of people they they with groups and promotions and stuff i'll see a lot of crap and, and a lot of people following that. And the thing is, this you know, take that as your starting point. That's okay. But research it, where it's okay. coming from, find out if it's true, not putting herbs in there that's going to kill you, you know, like things like that. Research that, then take it a step further and implement it. Put it, you know, practice mm-hmm. that, you know, find out why it's done this way. You know, a lot of these, you see a lot of these memes, they get me annoyed because it's like, yeah, they're throwing you out all these ingredients and things like this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where's the practice?
2: Yeah.
1: Where's the information to work the with no- these herbs? The
3: knowledge, Because baneful herbs are painful herbs. Yeah. You <laughs> need to know and you do yes.
1: not need to use. Yes.
3: You need to, you know, that's accountability. That's mm-hmm. the responsibility that you have to take.
2: Yeah.
3: Right. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's about the, the puff, the, 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 the
4: fluff. Yes. <laughs> That's it's saying. all superficial. It's all sort of like in your face, look at Super me, superficial. look at how knowledgeable I am because I can copy a meme. And it's just like, what do you actually do with these 10 you know, protection herbs? And I'm looking at the guy, yep, but what do you do
1: with what them? What do you do with them? Throw them in a jar, put some wax oh. on it, and put it in a corner. Like, that's all there is. Like, uh, any of those things. Like,
4: And, and then tell, tell the whole world what you're doing. Oh, oh yeah,
1: and post oh, it. Like and it. And then post it voice. in your group. Look what I made. Well, yeah. this is my <laughs> altar of my spout.
4: And I'm going, that's your energy that you've now dispersed everywhere. Yes. Uh, and yeah. so you're just back. You, and they don't understand. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do but, have pictures of altars, but usually before or after stripped down, modified, I never have a photo of my working altar.
1: Right,, yeah. so neither do I. I will I, never ever put I it. I
3: have to say that that's
4: interesting because I was talking to a
3: good friend of mine that I, I have really I love her to pieces. and she actually awakened an, a spell that I was I knew about a long time ago, and it's with a hummingbird. And I said to myself, "Wait a minute. It's the, the hummingbird spell that is used, but you actually take the, the, the hummingbird itself, you put it into a box. And, and, I, and, and the, that's where you need to know it's not about killing a hummingbird. It's about taking a hummingbird that has lost its life that mm-hmm. is dead, that you take that hummingbird and then use it for a, a, a certain rite, mm-hmm. a certain ritual. So I ju- it just dawned on me, it's like, that's what you need to do. Respect mm. life, respect earth, You know, who's a sentient being. It is the mother of all when it comes to our, our great m- home as earth. And this is one of the things that people don't know. It's like oh they use they, they use whatever they want they go to shop so forth in the in the old days, our ancestors didn't have uh, shops. they, they, they didn't have Amazon <laughs> you know they use nature so so this hummingbird spell that she triggered my memory on is with a with the dead hummingbird that is used you don't take a hummingbird and kill it kill it or, and
1: put it in right
3: for, for its own purpose right
1: but th- th- this that's what these memes are like they they'll like get a hummingbird get a box get whatever yeah. and that's all they're putting on those things like there's no instructions no nothing you know Yeah. Th- okay you're throwing and rose no rosemary no, rose need
3: no to the, the spell, why is it used? Why? Because the life force of that animal has just expired for mm. it to be used for your own gain, let's say, or your own protection.
1: Instruction. Instruction. <laughs> well,
3: yeah, that's, that's why... Us, the elders,
1: we need to actually come forth. And, and, and that's just, you know, like these, these things. And, and minus the baneful the herbs, you know, and, and using wrong things and things like that. I, I see it with simple stuff. Rosemary, rose. So you throw it in a jar. That rose, right? Just Let's just take rose. Very simple. Everybody has it somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rose could be used for protection. Rose could be used for love. Rose could be used for actual hexing too, if you really wanted to. When you're putting that rose into that jar, are you telling it what to do? Is the, it, it, there's nothing, you know, none of that is in that in those memes, and that's where social media has really mm. put out a lot of bad information. Mm. You know, it's. What, the, it's there. The information is there, but it's only like the, the first ingredient. That's all they put. <laughs> you said that our
3: journalism today,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> our journalism today is totally out of line. But it's also not the like journalism that we grew up with.
4: Well, it's just reporting, isn't it? It's not journalism at all. It's just reporting. reporting.
3: It, it's about sensationalism yeah. that what sells hmm. it's, it's, it's the, for the dollar
1: yeah but, but journalism is not hurting one's spirit the things that are out there can really mess yeah, people up
3: but, but journalism does look at politics well,
1: mentally I guess yeah
3: no, it has hurt <laughs> politics it has disturbed uh, you know we have cancel culture we have so many things going on now you know, um, mm. uh, racial issues. You know, what we're supposed to be progressive, we're now regressive.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. New York,
3: we'll New York today is it's it's like the '70s when I was a child. New York <laughs> City is is totally back to what the '70s without the peep shows.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> we so still you know, have 40 seconds, Street. We have Times Square, but without the peep shows but we're we're back the other day I was going to the NBC building for uh, Saturday Night Live and I could I couldn't believe it I was having dinner with friends and all of a sudden uh, one of one of the, the the guests he said oh there's been a there's been a shooting in Times Square three people are injured I'm like it's dumbfounded you know back years ago we didn't have that now all of a sudden this the shootings and deaths in, in New York City We're back to the seventies. It's it's very disappointing, but that's the way, you know. We're we're the days of our lives now. It sounds like a soap opera. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> days of our lives. But what you were saying earlier about um, the herbs, especially like with, with rose. I don't know if I've been reading these memes wrong, but people have been putting, it sounds like they've been putting rock salt on the
1: ground. Oh, my God. On the ground. I know,
4: I know. Like if they're outside and, or another meme's come up, are you, instead of killing your grass, I'm going, why are you putting rock salt on the ground to start off with? Uh, put inside a plastic hula hoop. Now, I've got this thing about plastic on my altar, so I don't know why... I mean, yes. I, I, when I cast my circle, and you're spurging it with the, the salt, the salt's diluted in water, and you're just flicking it. So I don't right. understand why they are pouring salt well, on so, the ground. Uh, <laughs> and now you've so, got a plastic hula hoop. Yeah, yeah no. So,
1: it. so the so the, the thing is, is that educate me. No, and, and that's just that you're educated in the fact when we cast circle, it's mixed with water. They yeah. don't have that information, they don't have that, that's why. And this is where I was kind of saying it's kind of important to have that at least some kind of training in some kind of initiatory thing because that type of training is needed out there. People yeah. are actually putting it throwing like older salt books. Well, no, I, in the
4: old, books. older books, in the, in the older, older books, books. <laughs> books. <laughs> I mean, all oh, yeah. talk about yes. mixing your salt in your water, yes, so. But my that's but like, that's
1: the thing, the religious oh aspect. You these things consecrate
4: aren't consecrate the water.
3: You consecrate it doesn't the happen of earth anymore.
1: It doesn't you happen
2: anymore.
3: Add. It it is part of the initiatory rites. Unfortunately. Yes, there is that missing yeah. uh, component yes.
1: that well, a lot the of people don't have.
3: People, pe-
4: part of the initiatory rights that have been made public <laughs> as well. Well,
3: no, well uh, they're, they're, that's why they've been, uh, you know, in secret, um, that mm-hmm. anonymity that we always had. Well, throughout the seven, when mm-hmm. I was growing up, throughout the 70s and, and 80s, you know, obviously it was all in secret but um, nowadays with technology it's wide open.
1: It's there no it's there I'm not saying it's not there. It is there. Nobody's doing it anymore.
4: I, I just don't understand it's like when I went to school basic science but we were told that salt is corrosive. So even that's sort of like even people aren't retaining what they're taught in school these days. Or maybe they're not being taught this basic science at all. I, I don't know. I'm getting too old and too confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Well, yeah, I, a, a lot of a lot of things you know um, that I've seen. You know, people like you know, especially if you're trying to ward your ha- your home. You mm-hmm. know, putting salt. You know, and, and everybody's like, well, don't use salt anymore because it kills this and does this and poisons the thing how much salt are you putting around your house that's my question how much salt are you putting around the house that you have like a burnt ring for (laughs) where the grass is like it it just boggles my mind but the whole salt thing within the the, you know uh, younger generation whatever you want to call them out that's out there you know like even these spell jars you know because spell jars are like the big thing right now you know they're doing all these spell jars it's and they're spelled, not spell
4: bottle but spell jars.
1: jars yeah use a masonry yeah. jar you know it, yeah, it's, an it's an like old practice
4: new, it, it's just a big bottle that they or jar that they're using yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, um it, it's not a new practice it's nothing new yeah. this is extremely old of course everything that's in there these Recipes and that's what I call them because half of them you're probably getting jelly out of it by the end. Um, you know they're they're just throwing it in. They're doing this, and half of them have salt in it. Yeah. Salt stops that. <laughs> you know, like certain things. Yes, you can use salt. You know, like I've seen a loved one that had pink salt just because it's pink. putting it in like do you realize that salt is negating half of the stuff you're doing anyway because you're not because the magic's not there you know what i mean they're throwing rose in there they're throwing rose quartz they're throwing this they're throwing that they're throwing that without empowering them without activating them without doing specific things and then throwing salt in it so any magic that was there any energy that was there you just killed it all by putting that salt in
4: and then, then they put on the lid and they wax it down so it's all trapped in there. And, and what and, do you do with it? I, and post it on social media.
1: And, that, and that's what you do. You set it up nice and you take a picture. Look at my spell. And then what do you do with it? Where are you putting or, it?
4: Well, the, they cleanse their jar with a just stick. And I'm going, well, what sort of just stick is that? Is that a particular Scent or fragrance, or is it just chumper Or what is it? Because you know, you're know you not telling anybody, you're just waving a joss stick. Yeah, 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 and it's just like, yes, I, I do that all the time to see if my smoke detectors go off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's I'm just it. Get, like, I'm getting very you know, delusional in my old age. The, I think.
1: the magic is not there. No. The magic part of it, the actual magic part of it, is not there.
4: The move from magic to crystal collectors. Mm. My altar is all full of crystals, and I'm going. Good for you. What do you do with your crystals? Right, right. Except for take them out each full moon. Right, and put them
1: out. Yeah, you put them outside. Now they're clean. They're clean. To do what? I don't know.
4: I'm very, getting very senile and grumpy in my, in my old age, so I don't know. It's a bit frightening, but every now and then you get a gem comes along, which makes it all worthwhile.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, that, I think that's what all this is about, too, you know, like the, this um, surge back into witchcraft and that, like kind of like what we had in the 90s. There's this mm-hmm. resurgence of it and people looking at it. All this, it, everybody's turned on to it. Everybody's doing it. You know, I have a shop, so I see all these kids coming in and, you know, they're all like, oh, can I have this? The big thing is is Moldavite. Not realizing that all this Moldavite that people are buying is fake because they cost a lot of money because it's a piece of a meteor. It's rare. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, actually, it's gotten so popular that I just saw recently that um, the Moldavite is actually even super more, even more rare now because There's none left. Oh, well. Nobody's, they can't find anymore because it's gone out and things. But all these kids are buying it. Like, oh, I got my Moldavite necklace and this, this. You did not pay $20 for a piece of Moldavite this big. Because back in my day in the 90s, that was $100. You know, (laughs) like, so obviously that, you know, it's not there. But all these people coming into it. Eventually, I think what this is, is the goddess and the god is going to go you can stay (laughs) yeah you can stay you can stay and then the rest are just going to fade out you know and that's how these traditions that's how witchcraft continues how it lives Mm. on you know i think these resurgences as much of a pain in the ass as these people (laughs) are that it is important to continue
4: yeah it's it's always a gateway in a sorting process
1: Yes, yeah. And yeah.
4: there'll be those who will play and they like doing it because it's the fashionable thing. It's like when, when Charmed or The Craft came yeah, out. Yeah, back in the 90s, yeah. Yeah. And then it all faded away when they grew up and started getting involved in the real world and have to go and find a job and get married and whatever. But there'll be always be the few who want more. Yes. Who have been touched yeah. by the gods and goddess who feel you know the pull towards the mysteries and feel it, it flowing it in their veins.
3: I think that we do have a resurgence of that popularity of the craft, you know, even without the movie. I think that now we are coming to with TikTok, with Mm, with the resurgence Mm. of the craft again. Every twenty years, I I've seen that. I've seen every twenty years there's this mm. sort of like wave of of uh, uh, notoriety with the craft, and and uh, it's it's okay. But you know what? As as long as we honor our our, our gods, our elders, ourselves, and and uh, lead those who are seeking, I think that that's what's important.
4: Yeah.
3: Everything else is important. And...
4: Yeah.
3: Definitely. So we're coming to a close. We are. Yes, it is nine o'clock. <laughs>
1: it is nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> So that would end our show. (laughs) I we hit the button now. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Francis,
3: from my heart, I I enjoyed my time here with you, and and you are such a lovely lady. I I hope you come back again. I
4: would love to if you're quite happy to listen to my two sets with from this side (laughs) of the world. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) It It was a joy. And, you know, from, from all the way from across the pond, I, I, send, I send my love to you. Yep. This is wonderful.
4: And all the best for your book. When does that come out?
3: I imagine pre-orders will be in September and October would be the, the uh, final uh, hurrah.
4: I think it. I might have a gap somewhere on my shelf.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, I'll be honored. I'll be so honored.
3: Uh, yes, uh the, the book uh I I have uh, Laurie Cabot with the <clears> foreword, I have Sorita with the afterword, I have so many wonderful endorsements from uh, Selena Frox, uh O'Bronzel, Yvonne Dominguez, Orion Foxwood. So I'm I'm so honored and so humbled by such wonderful supportive endorsements.
4: That sounds wonderful. Yes. Mm.
3: So yes, it's it's my my COVID baby (laughs) 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 that has been born. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, Nottingham with Phoenix Flames. That's the company. They they publish great works such like uh, um, Patricia Crowther.
4: Oh yeah.
3: And Philip Esselton.
4: Yes, I like I like Philip Esselton's books. Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. Mm. So. I'm so I'm so you know tickled pink that, that I'll be part of that team.
4: And when you get your your first copy, it's like when I got my first copy from the publisher for Moon Books, it was just like, oh my god, this is. I mean, I've self-published before, but to get it through a publisher, it's just like, yes, it's manifested. It's
2: it is. It's
4: like I that.
3: bet. So, <laughs> I'm when, you know, I was talking to a friend today, and she said, once you have your hard copy. You're going, you have to cast that spell. And I said, yes, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> cast the spell onto that that uh, and project that energy onto mm. that uh, book. Because I hope that I touch many uh, and inspire many with my book.
4: That sounds wonderful.
3: As you've done with so many books. So many.
4: <laughs> well, seven. That's a lot. <laughs> Still, oh, you yeah, about another seven in the head, but yeah, I'm getting this. That slowly.
3: is wonderful. Anyway, my, my deepest love and hugs from America to you and to yours. And I wish you the best uh, for, you know, for going back into normalcy.
4: Yes. Yes, we we kind of go one step forward and a step back, or to the side, and yes,
3: <laughs> as we do the shuffle, yeah, to <laughs> get back to uh, to visit each other's and and give our, not virtual hugs, but real real hugs.
2: hugs.
1: Yes, yes. As soon as we get back to uh, seeing everybody, I'd love to see everybody.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that. I guess with that, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh,
2: think
1: I'm so, I'm so, so glad that we were able to get back in touch after the years uh, with that, and we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch uh, furthermore. Um, so other than that, thank you okay. and thank you. Good night. Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be. You can just, uh, you can you can exit through. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 you, the the, 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 (laughs)
4: the,
1: at the bottom of the screen you'll see the red the red uh, hang up.
4: I found it now. All All right.
1: Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good
4: night. See you next time.
3: Bye bye.
1: (laughs) Yay.
3: Are we still
1: here? Yeah, we're still on. Yes, we're, we are still on. We're still live. We're From still near- live. Because <laughs> you know you know me, I always have my, my ending things. Yes, you have your uh, ending. <laughs> my endings. And I am
3: so impressed. We've gotten so many sponsors
1: yes yes we got we have another one that i can announce tonight
3: yes
1: i will (laughs) i will um well of course my announcements my important things uh may 29th we have Anwyn avalon as our next guest um right she is the author of water witch or water magic wait she is the water witch and i believe her book is water magic Forgive me. <laughs> um, but she's, she will be on our next show. And then after that, June 12th, we have Wendy Rule. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so maybe we can get her to do a little ditty uh, on the Woo.
3: show. <laughs> Wendy, I love, I yes.
1: miss her. And then after that, we have Miss Aida, who is in our chat tonight, um, who is now also one of our sponsors. But I'll get to that because, you know, I have me. I have my little thingies first. Um, You can find This Old Witch on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can watch us live on Facebook.com slash This Old Witch and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash This Old Witch podcast. Uh, for the, our, our lovely advertising, this which was brought to you by the support of Lady Rhea, the Sea Witch of Cocoa Village, Belladonna Botanicals, and the following. Miss Aida, author, psychic, and root worker known as the no-nonsense spellcaster. With over 40 years' experience, she is dedicated to doing her best so that you are able to get what you want, uh, what you need and deserve. And we are also brought to you by the Magi Alumni, Magical Education by Real Practitioners. It's a brand new online education platform where you can learn from real practitioners in the pagan and witchcraft community. And of course, if you love the guest like Francis Billinghurst uh, that we bring you and have a business or an event, you can help support this whole witch by advertising with us. Right below me is that rolling advertising space thingy. Um For that information, visit adatentacles.com or email adatentacles.entertainment at gmail.com for more information. Alex, your closing
2: words.
3: (laughs) I love you guys and be a light unto darkness so we may be the balance of the universe. Good night and blessings to all.
1: Good night. Alex, blessed be. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Have
2: a good night.